Welcome back. Today I will be speaking with Governor. He has been physically and mentally out of the cult for over 50 years now. In this interview, we talk about him starting to question the religion at nine years old, making a dedication that he won't set foot in a kingdom hall ever again at age 15, which is a declaration he's stuck with. We also cover a lot of what was going on in the Witness organization in the 60s and 70s. For instance, stopping the study of a book before it was complete in order to study another. The first songbook that contained only music by Jehovah's Witnesses what they used to teach about the age of the earth, and of course, 1975. Finally, we cover his journey through life, his education, service in the Royal Air Force, his conversion to Anglicanism, then to Catholicism, then leaving religion altogether, and his interactions with the witnesses throughout. I really enjoyed this interview and found it very informative and interesting. I'm sure you will as well. So without further delay, here's Governor. What was the moment that you decided to start questioning things? Or was there one moment? Oh, well, um, I'm going to reveal my age, but I started questioning things at the age of nine. And now I'm 69. Okay. okay? And I remember I was uh, dragged, not kicking and screaming, but, you know, unwillingly, like most children of the uh, cult. My aunt joined, okay? And she brought in my grandmother... My mother wasn't around very much. That's and that's going to develop in this story. So anyway, so then I had to do what was um, called a they, you know, somewhat sarcastically called a Bible study, and it was the big pink Paradise Lost to Paradise Regained book. And I've just recently put a couple of pictures of them from it on Reddit. You know, a clean shaved, short haired Jesus and people disappearing into the earth, and the text next to it saying, "You'll be eaten while you stand there." Like, what the hell? I mean, like, it's a box, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I remember that book in my parents' library. Like, oh, and, and I, funny enough, um, there was, uh, I'll tell you, I'll get onto this uh, later, but uh, the house I live in is the family home, all right? And my mother lived here after my father died. We'll get round to that. And I found a uh, big pink Paradise Lost Paradise, and it, and it went in the trash real fast, let me assure you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so anyway, um, but so anyway, when I was nine years old, Auntie who was the lady in my uh, Bible study. And I knew her you know, throughout my life and her son, maybe it was because he was in the same class as me at school, or maybe it was because, uh, you, know, um, uh, you know, I was doing study. He became me and my best friend and I occasionally hear from him, but he's still, you know, po uh, pee me up to his ears as far as I can tell, all right? Um, there was this hymn in England at the time, Education Act required an act of worship every day. Well, in 1959, there weren't any, anybody else but Christians, you know what I mean? You know, might have right. been a few Jews in London, but other than that, you couldn't get away with it now. Yeah. But anyway, so and it was always a hymn and a prayer, a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe not a Bible reading, a, you know, a, um, a significant reading. And then, oh, so anyway, I go home, I'll go, get around the Bible study and say, like, Arnie Vera, you need to explain something to me. They're talking about this, this hymn, he goes, God is drawing his purpose out and the time he's drawing near, blah, blah, blah. The time that will surely be when the earth is filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. So I said, Well, you keep telling me they don't know it. They're singing about it at school and in church or elsewhere. And she says, Oh, no, that's not right. Why not? Right? Why not? And she said, Oh, they might say it, but they don't know when it's coming and they mean something different. Well, I thought, That's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, and this was when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
okay and then it, it got and that was and i'm lucky i guess um i mean like you know i guess the people like you me you know uh i don't know if you know um harrison coda he does the truth hurts the people who think right and thinking is a dangerous thing if you're inside the society in fact mm -hmm. it's positively uh, you know discouraged okay so anyway then we go along with it and he's talking about 1914 all the time and it made no sense okay it just made no sense because they said it was going to come and right. christ came invisibly and even at like maybe now i'm 10 like well that's unfalsifiable yeah <laughs> i mean you could tell me that you know um who is it um richard dawkins or uh Bertram Russell, you know, the, the, the Church of the Flying... There, there could be a flying a teapot flying around in space. Right. And we're going to start the Church of the Flying Teapot. It's right. unfalsifiable. And yeah. they're like, ah! So anyway, that seems then, to be That seems to be the go-to of uh, a lot of different preachers predict the end of the world and then it doesn't happen. That seems to be like their go-to. I remember back in 2011, there, was, there were all these billboards that said that the end was coming on May 21st, 2011, and when that didn't happen, that preacher that was driving all that, he, he said the same thing. It's like, well, it did happen, but it was a spiritual end of the world. There's a name for it, which unfortunately I've forgotten. This is a lifetime study um, of yeah. religion and uh, high control groups. Okay. And uh, because I'm talking to you, the name of it's gone, but there is a, there is a name for this and it's a standard fallback, you know, yeah. but um, it happened. You just didn't see it. All right, and they and, and if you look through um, I can't remember anyway. And I'm, you see all these books behind me. Yeah. All right. I, yep. I and they're a lot less because my divorce, my ex-wife threw out a lot of them. I have a whole theological library, um, and I've got a lot of the books on um, things like. But anyway, I can't remember the name of the effect, but there is a standard name. It is a, is a name somebody's given it. You know, a title. It's like the Stevenson effect or something like that. Oh. But, uh, you see what I mean? Where they, where they refer it upstairs when it doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, so then it's 1914, and then we go on, and then by the time I was about 11 or 12, we were going through this massive red book called Babylon the Great Has Fallen, God's Kingdom Reigns. Okay, it was so big that the piercing and intellectual questions that they ask you were in a separate book. Uh, oh, okay. wow. So we get about 30, 40% through this on the bang tuesday night night bible study all right yeah and then suddenly there's a message and this would have been about 1967 and the society has said you have to stop studying this because here it's an orange book and it's called life everlasting in the freedom of sons of god or something like that which yeah i'm pretty certain that's what it was that's a mouthful for a title and they're all the same you know, yeah like, you know, yeah a bunch of them okay I'll, I'll come around to that in a minute other, other ridiculous titles okay um <laughs> We have to start studying this. And that was the one where Fred Franz in his 1975 was pushed big time. Okay, and that's the one, if you remember it, with the chart. And the 6,000 years of man's creation. And it brought to mind something else, I thought, because they used to have a brown sort of ochre and green songbook. And it was called Songs to Jehovah's Praise. Okay. Yep. And it had two Sorry. twisting uh, music, um, lines of music on the front. So we go into the... Um, you know, the church one day, I should point out that I refuse to use any Jehovah's Witness terminology because it's part of their control. So if you're That's a Jehovah's you're official. 
I, some, sometimes I have a problem calling it the truth, but I try to call it the faults as much as I can. Well, you know what we... Okay, I'll tell you what we call them in a little while. I have not called it... Never called it the truth, okay? And you hear yeah. people, and they think, like, you, they've still got their forehead. You can get yanked back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they bring out this... Had be double the thickness, and it had a sort of a magenta cover color with blue print on it. And the title was something to the effect of singing in ourselves in the company with join our hearts to Jehovah. It was like three lines. Yeah. Said, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I said, um, you know, and I, they, they must not have liked me because I, you know, like I, I, I got in trouble quite regularly. And I said, well, why have we bought out another sample? What was wrong with that one? And they said, um, oh, well, some of the songs in there were written by the brothers and sisters. Now, the one in this one, is that right? And I, I, you know what went straight through my mind was like, bullshit, you want to sell more books. You're obviously short of money because you've got a captive audience. Okay, and you think about it now. Okay, yeah. eight million, eight million fully paid up members. Okay, we bring out a new songbook, ka-ching. Mm. And, I, you know, and, and, and it's quite clear. And then you know, you go to an assembly and they bring out a new book and there's people drooling in lines to go and throw money at them. Good grief. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. now they've, uh, of course that model has now failed. Right. You know, really, his essence failed. So anyway, I mean, like, this is um, you know, that's uh, it's, it's just BS. So uh, and so anyway, the song. Oh, for sure. So anyway, then we start doing this study, and in the Babylon, the greatest fallen god kingdom rule books, there are all these very similar to those, the dragon and the woman, you know, the drunken whore on top of um the seven-headed beast with the ten, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're talking about, and she gives birth, and the dragon tries to kill it and they're they're saying well what she gave birth to is the society you know on our rutherford 1919 this is what they were teaching i'm not making this up all right wow. okay that was in that book huh. um and i and i just sat there and thought that could easily be the virgin mary giving but i mean like you know <laughs> you can make up whatever you want you know and i tell them i'm about 12 or 13. no yeah. just no this is permeated my you know my thinking uh, even though i kept being bullshit you know um but um i would lie in bed at night after you know the whatever it was i mean like so it's monday get ready for the watchtower tuesday tuesday night bible study you people got it they've got it easy now wednesday oh yeah my bible study thursday yeah. two hours at the meeting friday you actually get off dragged out in service on saturday morning and then another two hours on saturday i mean you know yeah, <laughs> they then, keep you busy. Oh, oh well, why do you think that is? Um, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. then if you thought, and I was listening, um, David, uh, Auntie Vera, okay, and her husband was called Arthur, and he was a uh, some sort of an auto mechanic, and they had two boys, David and Stephen. Stephen was four years older than us. Uh, David and I are practically the same age, and there was, and I would stay with them sometimes because my um. Mother would go or cray on mother and grandma or whatever people would go away on vacation and they'd need, need somebody. And I was in school during the term time, school term, so they would um, I'd be staying with them. So anyway, so then we get up in the morning, there's prayers, okay? Then we get home morning, we've got a prayer over dinner, prayer over dinner, and then we've got to have another prayer, you know, before we go to bed, and then we've got to have an individual prayer. And he, I heard Uncle Arthur saying, Oh, of course, and then we have husband and wife's prayers. Like, how do you fit breathing in? I mean, you know, how much time is the day? I mean, you may as well be in a monastery all this bullshit really? <laughs> that's true wow right? so anyway so an uncle arthur was not an educated man like many jobs are because they suppress it all sure. right 
he had bought David one of these um David and Stephen like a series of books that came every two weeks or month and I think they were published by Reader's Digest and they were like so a bit like the size of one of the old songbooks. I mean, like you know, they were smaller than about the size of a paperback, but they were stapled in the middle and folded over. And they had nice three-color, four-color printing, and it was like you know, nature or science. So I read this and I said, "Hey," and he, and he said to me, "What's all that about?" And I said, "Well, it's kind of interesting. It was talking about astronomy, and it was talking about how stars are born and event and they grow, and then they grow old and they die." And he looked at me and said, "What absolute rubbish!" gave it to David and I'm only reading it and then I thought like why would you just spit out that's absolute rubbish I and mean, why I mean like you know you know more than a scientist you know so anyway carry along now back then they don't talk about this anymore all right but back then they used to teach that before the flood and we got the rainbow to say that God was going to do another, we might do some more genocide, but he's not going to drown us all this time. He's going to do a different sort of genocide. No. Right. Tony Morris on a horse with an arrow. And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can imagine. All right. Well, that's what they're promising. Oh, okay. yeah. Is he the, he's the one that did the split open, like hot dogs talk or yes. something. Yes. Yeah. He's the one who's just been fired. Yeah. All right. Yeah, but they're... anyway, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, um, so anyway, they used to teach that, uh, you know about the firmament, I don't know if you ever got taught this, there was a firmament, and there was a firmament above, there was a canopy of water above the earth, okay? And until the flood, it had never rained. Well, I don't know, good. I mean, no, I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> and the story was, the story was this. That there was uh, so much humidity and this, that, and the other that you know it would rise up from the ground and it would condense. Like, no, like, no. <laughs> uh, and then, well, if you think if you think about it too, like how much water would that have to be to flood the entire Earth, and it would like block out the sun for one thing because you know you go to, you you don't have to go very deep in the ocean before it gets really before it gets too dark for anything to grow. There's an ancillary to that. Um, yeah, you know what that is. What? Okay, because of the firm of the water above, above, okay, it filtered the sun's rays, <sighs> and the teaching was not after the flood. No one gets drunk and fucks his daughters. Okay, yeah, right. Well, nobody was that got Noah or was that Lot? I think that was Lot. No, no, no Noah. Well, I Noah got um, no, I, Noah got uh, drunk. Noah got drunk. Anyway, okay. Well, anyway, yeah, Lot, Noah did get drunk. Right. Yeah. There's some there's some there's some hanky panky going on with Noah with Noah as well anyway. All right. Yeah. This 500 man, um, 500 year old man who has enough strength to pour long beams big enough big enough to build a 500 foot long boat with no technology. <laughs> I never heard that. That anyway. they didn't. They didn't. Anyway. They weren't teaching that when I came up. <laughs> no, anyway, not. Well, they, no. What they taught was he got drunk because until that point. The sun's rays had not been able to get through and no grapes had fermented. There was no booze before the flood. So stay with it. I'd like to say I'm BSing you, but unfortunately, I'm not. Yeah. And back then they taught the earth was 42,000 years old. That was that was dogma. Okay. The story was that seven days of creation and each one, the official policy was each creative day was 7,000 years. And we were in the last creative day of 7,000 years. So when that, and that's why we came up with this 70, 
1975 bullshit because here's a funny thing if you take an aside on it right worldly knowledge is no good unless it agrees with them well where do you right. think they got the date for when Adam, Adam was formed or created or whatever uh, the Catholic Usher, Church no funny enough not he was an Anglican he was an, Ang- an Anglican prelate in Ireland in, it might be Northern Ireland he was, he was anyway he was Archbishop Usher and somebody oh, else, he right. was the one who came up with this chronology not only that he was born 4,255 years ago but on October the 31st at 10 o'clock in the morning because he okay <laughs> yeah and if you read the thing there it was like oh 6,000 years of man's creation well in here that's like you know you're all for the chop yeah they've always danced around this young earth creation thing okay but if you look inside the green bible that they were using and that came out just after i was you know dragged in because up until that point they had half the bible the green yeah. cover and it said the christian new testament was you know whatever they call it christian greek scriptures then in 1961 they brought the whole new world out well if you look inside a cover of that and i sent it to someone recently like ah get a load of this there's a dinosaur on the map in the front, oh, side of the front yes. cover. yes i've seen it I seen it. My parents had one, and I remember yeah. looking at it, and it's <laughs> it's like in the middle of the Sahara Desert. You got it. And it's yeah. a and it's a big long neck dinosaur walking on yeah. two legs. On back, it's a it's a bipod. It's going along, and it's like, and it's like it looks like Barney, you know, only from from you know. You know yeah. If, if Moses had TV, this would be fine. Yep. Yeah, my par- uh, my parents had a whole library of those books from that era, so I would I would look through them as a kid. But of course, you know there weren't very many pictures, and I didn't understand what they were talking about, and so I just didn't really. But I do remember the dinosaur one because I was a kid yeah, and I okay. loved dinosaurs, you know. So Harrison Cl- Harrison Cole, they didn't believe me, so I just sent him a shot of it. Like, oh no, and they taught <laughs> they believe or they they I don't know if they're still pushing this, but they taught that dinosaurs were on the earth at the same time. Okay, so mm-hmm. then we've got to get a Triceratops and a Tyrannosaurus Rex into the ark. <laughs> That's going to end well, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you sit there. Okay, and so anyway, time went on, and I, I, I mean, uh, but at one point, uh, what I was saying was, when I'm getting all this stuff poured into me, and you know, when you're a kid, you know, you don't know any better. I mean, you're little sponges, and this is why they're, you know, they want to get young. I mean, the Jesuits say, you know. Mm-hmm. Give me the boy until he's seven years old and I'll give you the man. Well, you know, they've done a real hatchet job on us. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, I would lie in bed at night and reflect on how good I had been, eight or nine, and I'd imagine my bed as a lift or an elevator going up towards goodness or down towards damnation. And I would actually <laughs> sit there and feel it as I lay in bed. All right. I mean, this is the sort of effect that, that, that it had on you. But one of the things I couldn't understand was like my grandmother, who, you know, the, was not an enchanted woman I came and she say, well here's the thing the devil appears to you as a beautiful angel of light so you do this like how am I supposed to know the difference right somebody pitches up as a beautiful angel of light it's not like a um, national lampoon's animal or animal house you know where the um <laughs> the one in college there's a devil going bah, bah, there's an angel going no right. no no you know what I mean according to that theory it's two the angels angel pitches up and says Fucker, <laughs> You see what I mean? Like, so how are you supposed to know as a kid? It's a yeah. bit like you think about the Adam and Eve story, okay? They did not know the difference between good and evil. So some guy pitches up and says, hey, eat that piece of fruit. Sure. They right. set up to fail. She they don't know, know the, the difference. difference. They don't know the difference. <laughs> They're upon it. I have that. That's that's a point. That very point I've thought about a lot, too. I mean, according if you read the story to believe it, they were set up to fail. Like they 
they didn't know the difference between good and evil, and then they're punished for not knowing the difference between good and evil. They're just punished for being the way that they were made. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, Christopher Hitchens um, says it best. I don't know if you follow him until he's dead now, but anyway, he says, yeah. man was born sick and commanded to be well. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. So about this, and I'm, you know, and, and then I discovered, oh, maybe about, you know, I was in 13 or 14. I, for some reason, I read a lot. And I, you know, this stuff, I'm, I'm lucky I've got this, um, you know, sort of reflective mind. Discovered that Adam is Hebrew for man. Oh. <laughs> so in other words, what you're saying is, this is a generic term. And then my uncle um, had a catering business and he would do bar mitzvahs. And he would be able to cater the bar mitzvahs because they're making a party after this hoo-ha in the synagogue for this 13-year-old boy who stands there and says, now I'm a man. <gasps> um, but anyway, here's the thing. Um, he would work on Saturdays because a kosher caterer wouldn't work on a Saturday because it's Shabbat. Well, anyway, right. so I would get occasionally when I was on a holiday from school, I'd go and help him out. And I asked some, uh, I can't remember, you know, I asked um, rabbis were a bit sniffy. But anyway, I asked them Jewish guy without letting me, like, no, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's an allegory. It's, you know, Adam and Eve is an allegory. A an allegory. You'd have, you know, only maybe an ultra orthodox Jew would buy, you know, buy, go for the fundamentalist creationist thing. Right. All right. Okay. They don't believe it. Why the hell do we believe in this? You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not even our story. You know, our story is about 2,000 years later. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, and then about that time, I was discussing it with a friend the same age as mine. And I said, well, you know, I've sort of been brought up to believe in, um, you know, creation. And he says, well, you, know, you do understand to believe that you've got to believe in spontaneous gen generation of matter. I went, say that again. You've got to believe in spontaneous generation of matter. Fuck yeah, you have. You've got to go, poof, kangaroo. Yeah. I mean, there it is. You know, the poof version. And then they um, always used to go on about this thing about, and this is like one of the things where I realized that, you know, this is, there are two things there, control and the, and, and the, you know, realizing it was untrue. And it was quite clearly untrue, okay? Mm -hmm. um, because they go on about no man may look upon the face of God and, and, and live, okay? Mm -hmm. It says quite clearly in the Bible, but they did not read that bit, that Moses sat and spoke to um, God as one man would to another, all right? It's in there, okay? And then there's no life after death. Well, what's this whole witch of Endor thing? Where Samuel, Samson, one of them, called, yeah. wanted to speak to um, Elijah, and which of Endor covered him up, and he was mid. He was called back from the dead. You're telling yeah. me there's no life after that. All right, I make your mind up, and then it brings it finally to the thing. Whereas they, what they never do, because they got you, and back then there were no iPads or anything. it was all freaking round Bibles. Didn't you? Like, oh, I remember. Fingers, flicking through these things. Yep. Um, right. If you get a quote, and you know, and, and even I've got Crisis of Conscience, and um. Um, Raymond Franz book and In Search of Christian Freedom behind me, okay? Well, in this letter that Raymond Franz wrote to, um, you know, to ask him not to disfellowship him, he's got all these, you know, like, Timothy this, Romans that, right? Like, and I realised you could prove whatever you want from out the Bible, okay? But you also have to read around the context. So, if you read this whole thing about 144,000, okay, read the next verse, okay? They're Jewish male virgins. That's it. Right now, the only member of the 144,000 I ever met was when I was about 
I must have been six, seven, whatever, when you got dragged in. Just before they had Kingdom Halls, they used to rent this hall. And then we stopped using it. I was told it's because the money's going to false religion. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, but, and then we rent, okay, so then we rented what was called the Harold Wilson Hall, which was the meeting place of the local um, British Labour Party. So like, it's okay to give money to politics, but it's not okay <laughs> to give money to religion. But we're not allowed to vote. Okay, okay. Right. So, so you met this anointed you met this anointed out. person. Yeah, this anointed person. She's woman. She's a woman. Yeah. And she's like, you no, know, two days younger than dust. I mean, and every time. <laughs> that was my Which experience is, as well. I the the only anointed person I ever met was also a woman. Yeah. Well, not definitely not a Jewish. Bible. Definitely not a, not Jewish, a male or a virgin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah. And here's the thing. All right. I said, well, how does she know? Well, Jesus came to in a dream. Well, I bought that when I was six years old. As I got older, like, yeah, no, yeah, you know what? Jesus came into a dream last night, Daddy, and said, "I need a new bicycle." (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, not that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so spontaneous general matter, and then it became more and more ridiculous about the control, and you know they were battling on about you know i remember i have i i don't have it because i threw a lot of i'll come around to that um i threw away a lot of books out of here but um the 1969 um a father talks to his son in the awake all right you know where beating your meat is going to get you uh, is going to send you blind and maybe have boots on your hands and god knows what else is you know that was the red was that that was the red book wasn't it no 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 this was in an awake Oh, awake in, in an awake. Okay. Yeah, it was in an awake. And it, it was in green, and it was a guy with a... No, it was a typical JW standard American 60s. It, it could have been out of an episode of Bewitched or something like that. <laughs> with a poor pie hat. Yeah. And all this sort of business. So, and then shortly after that, and I think I might have that in the house somewhere because I hadn't found it to throw away. I saw something in a like one of, one of my mother's old book bags. And it was the one where it said about... Um, you know, this whole thing about not going to college or university because, you know, like blah, blah, blah. And people are going much better off going to trade school and learning in a school, you know, that sort of idea, you know, because, you know, four years, it's, it's the same argument as, oh, I want to go to university and get a bachelor's degree, but it's going to take four years. And, you know, and I used to counsel in England, it's three years to get a bachelor's degree. But anyway, and they say, well, you know, oh, you know, in three years' time, I'll be, um, you know, 27, 31. Like, my answer is, well, how old are you going to be in three years' time anyway? <laughs> right <laughs> do it don't do it i mean you know that lot you know that is a uh, logical fallacy <laughs> sorry <Yeah>. right <laughs> okay but it was very hard on it and i i, I, I just couldn't i, I mean I, I i couldn't get my head around it but then you know so anyway i mean you know that the, the theology was formed about but i was so heavily indoctrinated one my mother was not um, a member of the nazis i'll explain that in a minute she had witnesses at the time and I made some I was saying and I said well maybe I should become a, a what is it pioneer mm-hmm. and she went oh no 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 we have to think about that blah 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 but I was actually so heavily indoctrinated at one point when I was about 13 14 that I actually went through my head I'm an idiot I mean you know and I'm being dragged out all the time so anyway but then one day we're in a meeting this guy his brains were dynamite he wouldn't have had enough to blow his nose okay <laughs> and, and he's giving the talk and he's I guess they didn't have elders back then. There was a congregation servant and a minister, like a book servant and a service servant or something like that. Mm. There were, there was a committee. 
okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so I end this guy standing there saying, no, if you go into a pub, because there's lots of pubs in there, and you know, you only want to stay there for one drink because somebody might see you and know you're a member of Jehovah's Witnesses and they might think, I'll sit outside and see how long he stays in there because he might stay in there for a session. So you go into a pub and I'm like, hey, no, I'm 14. You're breathing paranoia. This is right up. I mean, this is ridiculous because especially, I mean, what crossed my mind was who the hell is going to be so interested in what you're doing going into a pub? He's probably got a wife and a hot sausage and mashed potatoes on the ground to go. You know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then the next one, and this was really funny, and I thought it wasn't the same guy. But he said, you know, what we read can reflect the morals and the vision and the ideals of, you know, uh, the person who wrote it. You know, like, so Watchtower, good. Little angel on that shoulder. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Playboy. Red Devil Earth. He says, so if you read a book by Mickey Spillane, you might be agreeing with the ideas of me. And actually, I'd read a few pages of Mickey Spillane book once, and there was a talk about you know, a woman's breast brushing on his face. Or, you know, I, don't know. I knew for a fact that Mickey Spillane was a Jehovah's Witness. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting there like, you're killing me. I mean, you know. So, uh, so this guy didn't know Mickey Spillane no, was a Jehovah's no. Witness. But you oh, did. No, I did. <laughs> That's so much fun. And I can't remember where I found out, but it came up in something like, um, you know, it might have been a newspaper I was looking for, or it said, might have said in the inside the front cover of this book, you know, that Mickey Spillane is down lives in New York and he's a Jehovah's Witness. I knew the guy was a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> All right. And so there's guys on the stage telling me this. So it was now by this time I'm probably 15. Well, we get a 15. I'm just done with this. You know, yeah. I'm just done. So I actually. My mother was like hovered on the edges of it, you know, because she was living, well, you know, she was living a pretty young, well, she was, a, you know, she was having a good time, all right? But my grandmother and I had this aunt who were like, you know, my grandmother was rabid about it. And I said, you know what, I've made a decision. I was standing in the, the, the family room. So I'm never going to a meeting again. It's not going to happen. I'm done with this, all right? Absolutely not going anymore. And they said, oh, no. We have to go and talk to Brother Fox, who's the congregation servants who'd be called Kobe or whatever it is, the 15 varieties of titles they've had in, in the intervening 53 right. years. Okay. But he was a con- and I thought, I'm standing there, and my 15 year old head goes, like, Wait a minute. Every Thursday, we go for a two hour so called theocratic ministry school. Well, that's straight up sales training. That's all it is. So this guy is a combat trained, fully armed salesman. He will be able to make me say, at 15 whatever he wants me to say so i said nope never gonna happen i'm done and i have not been in one since wow okay. yeah but I, I, like i said i'm lucky i'm you know you know give me a bit of, but i mean i just knew like if i if they put me in front of this guy you know he'd be having you know he'd be having me out you know like on sundays as well you know not <laughs> doors and bothering people like or right telling me or like you know like the guy uh another one of the um, xjw communities harrison said um circuit service trying to stop him leaving he said well i want you to do harrison for six months is read nothing but watchtower society publications then come back to you like (laughs) (laughs) so then now about this time i was away at school a lot all right and my mother got married again and uh um i was able to go i went away 
what the English call it, uh, an English boarding school, a public school, they're about as public as the Ritz-Carlton, you know, they call it a state school, a public school is all to do with some act from the 1870s, but anyway, so I got a very, very good education, which I deserved, okay, and my um, father was a very well-educated man, my stepfather, he was pretty much the only one I knew, he was a good and kind man, he looked after me, and he was a Yale-educated lawyer, and he was a general in the United States Army, okay, hmm. so, um, the most embarrassing moment of my life, and I love this story, okay, um, <laughs> We're over here, I'm over in this house, family home for the summer, and we're talking about rainbows. And I had been bashed by the Jehovah's Witness dumbstick. Okay. And I said something about, you know, it's a rainbow. And I said, oh, yeah. Like alluded to the fact that nobody knows what they are. And he said, oh, governor, why don't you go upstairs and get the, uh, and we had a huge vibe. We had like this. Some of it's still, uh, some of the volumes are still up there. Okay. We had a, um, whatever, not, uh, you know, up to date encyclopedia so i go up and i pull up rainbow and i read oh no what a plonk <laughs> i just said this to a man who's got you know more got a master's degree in law and a bachelor's degree in law from dale and i actually said this but of course the trouble is you don't know any better you know? right you don't because that's what you were told yeah you mean the moon's not made of green cheese i mean it's on a par with that you know i didn't know Right. Well, I don't know why I had never come up because I never studied in meteorology or something like that. Yeah. You know, I think it was something that my grandmother trotted out regularly as well. So, you know, <laughs> right. And you're, it's right I mean, up you're, there with you're a kid. You're wired to believe the adults in your life when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like just about the most embarrassing thing. Like, but we had redemption because um, it was my stepfather. I, you know, my dad. You know, he was good to me. I regarded him as my father. You know, and he were, and we would um sit on the porch as the porch over there looking over bay and he would go about five o'clock and go and i'd go he'd say it's five o'clock in Kuala Lumpur which means like you know don't know what the time is it's five o'clock somewhere he wanted a bourbon and soda or something that's why I'd potter out and uh, you know sit there and have a coke or whatever or, and then later on um, i was in michigan when you could drink when you were 18. Mm. And that they did away with that within a couple of years because all these drunk seniors falling asleep in night school. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, and my mother said something and potted off, and I, you know, get some cheese and crackers away. We're sitting there talking, and he says, and he said, we talk about you know something to do with going to church, her, her church, or whatever. No, 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 she wasn't one by then, but she'd been heavily beaten with by my grandmother, and he said, yes. And everything it says in the watchtower is true. And we just rolled up laughing on the porch. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so anyway, so like then, I was hit fairly heavily with the religion stick because I had this all the time. And so and I actually, funny enough, what I noticed was that, you know, I my religion played a lot of thought, my thoughts and I believed in God. I believed in, and I believed in God. I did not believe, I believe, I believed that, you know, that, you know, the, the, the creation story is quite you know, true. You know, we haven't got round to the farce of intelligent design yet. That was, you know, like 10, 15 years ago. But, um, you know, I believe, prepared to believe it was a divinely inspired process. And I was prepared to believe, I mean, I never questioned the virgin birth, you know, because basically without the virgin birth and the resurrection, you've got nothing left in Christianity. Right. Okay. So, and I yeah. bought it, you know, and I never really questioned it. So anyway, and I thought, and I was going to, and I went to, um, University. I went to King, uh, King's College, University of London, and I read for a bachelor of divinity. I actually have a degree in theology. So, sir, I can read the Bible in Greek. Nice. Not making this up. And I was studied at Biblia exegesis, 
ethics and early Christian history. And then I remember something that like, was funny. Um, 1 John 1, okay. Uh, I was in this lecture and we we're, we're studying uh, John, uh, you know, according to John. And then it comes up, you know, like in one of the lectures, like, you know, well, we're not really sure who writes these things on. That's interesting, like, you know. And this is an angle, uh, it's not, it wasn't tied to anything, I think, but the Church of England, a lot of people who have gone to church, they are Methodists in like United Reform or whatever there. Mm-hmm. It says, you know, enarche kai holocos, in holocos, in hotheos, and on pros hotheos, right? Well, it says, basically, in the word was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Okay, now the German witnesses put an A in there. All right. Because there's this is the definitive article that's saying the comments. Well, this was written in what's called minuscule. This is a lecture. Sorry, I've said I wasn't in any sense. It's supposed to be funny. And, he, and this guy says, like, they didn't have any commas or stuff back then. It was virtually ran all ran together. And, and he said, and it doesn't matter what the Jehovah's Witnesses say, there's only one way to interpret it. Okay, now you'll find that some of the more modern um, books will actually say that and the word was divine. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, ho theos, and the word is theos. Proston theos, kadaron, oto, so anyway, but the other thing that I, you know, you think of this, and when that green Bible came out, sorry, the dinosaur I mean, Bible. Pro- sorry, the, the dinosaur. dinosaur. The dinosaur Bible. It's got a good title. So I read the entire preface and frontispiece because that's what I do, mm-hmm. and it said, "We haven't revealed the names of the translator of this Bible." Hmm. Seems interesting, <laughs> right? Because we want all the glory to go to Jehovah. Well, it's, the answer is, and I, and I discovered very shortly afterwards when I read a few things, like the answer was they never put it out because one person on the translation committee had any training in biblical Greek, and that was France, um, Fred Franz, and he had less than two years at the University of Cincinnati. So, yeah. and I can tell you, you know, like you cannot translate freaking, you know, Greek prescription. Because it is, you know, it's a bit like uh, this idiot. Yeah. No, like, Say, I, re- um, I remember reading. I remember reading about a a court case in Scotland. Yes. Where Fred Franz was, he he claimed to know to be able to translate biblical Hebrew, and they gave him a sentence to translate, and he couldn't do it, and it was that's Genesis one right. one. Yeah, that's right. And, and the funny thing is that um, if you listen to there's a, an interview of his nephew Ray Ray Franz. Mm-hmm. Talking about how smart his uncle was, and he never really got away from Kool Aid. Okay, yeah. Um, and he said, "Oh no, I was somewhere with my uncle, and there were these um, in like British Museum or you know the New York Metropolitan Museum, and there were these Hebrew towers, and he stood there and he was a very smart man." I'm like, I don't think so. I think so. Ah, some people, some people are very good as coming across as very smart without actually being smart. Well, absolutely. And I think I mean, probably fact, Fred Franz was one of those people. Well, that's funny enough, and that is, um, if you think about it, that's that is uh, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society's stock in trade. Everybody you meet who's fallen where says every answer, I, every question I had, they were able to answer. Okay, well, I went to see my priest, and he said, because basically, and I studied to be an Anglican priest. Okay, they knew a lot, and there were a lot of theology. But the point is, they're really social workers. Uh, mo- like I have a nephew. Who is a Catholic priest? Okay, and it's all social work and counselling and stuff like that. I mean, um, yeah. And it used to frustrate me that I want to have a discussion about theology and the biblical, okay, with a 
clergyman, can't do it, you know, because I mean, they understand it, and got this, and they and they always used to teach you like, oh, you know more about the Bible than um, you know, a lot of these clergymen. Well, it's like bullshit. I mean, it isn't. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're able, the ability to give an answer, and every every question you get, give an answer. I mean, you know, they they're still trotting out that answer about um, oh, Christmas. You know, we don't know when Jesus was born. But, uh, you know, like, because uh, it couldn't have been there because there would have been snow on the ground. It was Israel. There's no bloody snow on the ground ever, let alone in December. <laughs> right. You know, and a lot of this stuff is written by from American and like, and like, what does it matter? What does it matter anyway? That was always my point. This is the moment in time that the church chooses to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Okay. It is no different, no different from saying we choose to use Jehovah. Although it's a completely incorrect 13th century translation by a Benedictine monk. And the only reason it starts with a J is because it came from Germany, because there was no J in English at that time. Yeah. Okay. And I, I, I you probably know the story. And the so, J however, is pronounced Y and is pronounced like the Y in German anyway. No, it was like an I. It was like, like a, okay, like I was just looking at um, John is, is Janus. Like, okay. And yeah. John Paul is Janus Paulus. There was yeah. like Latin didn't have a J. English didn't have a J until much later, okay? Mm-hmm. And like, like I-N-R-I, Jesu Nazareus mm-hmm. uh, Rex Judeum, okay? I, I in Latin. Mm-hmm. So we use it, and they, they used to have a book that said, this is Jehovah's name in 187 different languages. Yeah. But it's wrong yeah. in 187 languages. <laughs> and yet, you're the truth. Right. And we don't celebrate Christmas because that's not really his birthday. Well, that's not his name. <laughs> Well, one thing one thing that always tripped me that always tripped me up too was just like the Watchtower teaches that Jehovah wants to make His name known, and they're very literal about making His name known. But they admit that it's not the correct name, and they also admit that nobody really truly knows what the original pronunciation is was. So, like either Jehovah is unable to make His name known which means he isn't God. He is unwilling to make his name known, oh, which means a, the watchtower's yeah. wrong, or he doesn't exist. <laughs> well, that's a bit like that. I can't forget his name. The, uh, the, the, um, the atheist from 300 BC, Richard Carrier uses him in his letters. Like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. if, he's, if God is omnipotent, he allows evil, then he's not good. Mm-hmm. Okay. If he can't stop the, uh, the evil, then he's not omnipotent. Yeah, I'll say I'll, I'll I'll send you the um. I've probably got, I've got it now. Yeah, I think that's island. that's the problem of evil. I believe. Uh, might may well be, but anyway, it's three hundred. You know, yeah. Basically, uh, the Epicurus bashing bashing at theists since three hundred BC. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. here's my here's the thing. All right, if you know anything about this, I knew when I was inside of being dragged to meetings. Okay, because I've met these Jewish people. All right. Mm-hmm. It was so holy, and the, I was taught this in Bible school. Really. When the priest wrote why the tetragrammaton, why double H, they would have to wash themselves, clean themselves. <laughs> okay, wow. get a new nib on their pen, not me, or sharpen their uh, quill, not making wow. this up. Okay. Oh my God! And eventually, it became such a performance. They wrote something else, and what they would do, and this is where the, the Jehovah comes from. They would uh, there's the tetragrammaton's got. Like these consonant marks between them mm-hmm. that enables you to pronounce it. 
And so, so they would just write the consonant marks. Mm-hmm. All right, and I, and I knew this about the time before I told them that I was done with this, like because it's just this is all just a huge fairy story, you know. And yeah. If you any listeners are in, in it, you know, well, I've got more degrees than a thermometer. I can guarantee you this is a hot, you know. Yeah. I, I spent my entire life figuring it out, and I I wanted religion to be true, and I was I, 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 please tell me it's true because I wait to you know get a lot of my time wasted here, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's not. Better not put that more degrees of thermometer in. That's kind of super serious, really, isn't it? But anyway, you know what I mean, right? Um, right. So anyway, but like for instance, even today, a practicing Jew won't write God. They write G underscore D. Okay. Yep. Like who are you? So not only is it unpronounceable, not only is it unreally known, it's so freaking holy. You're actually every time they say Jehovah, they're actually blaspheming. <laughs> It's like the. I'm not making this up. Those are it's the like rules. the. It's like the life of Brian. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, exactly right. It, and I, you know what? I rolled on the floor when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> bloody Roman. But you know, I mean, no, it's like, and of course, if you say ch- like you and me, would get that. <laughs> <laughs> I said it was a piece of bit. All I said was that piece of halibut was good enough for Jehovah. <laughs> Well, I don't think it ought to be blasphemy. <laughs> the next person who says Jehovah gets a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 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 so, so, you know, you basically, the whole thing was built on So anyway, so I toddle off a while. I'm at boarding school. I'm on home for uh, anything we call them the holidays. I've lived here so enough, I'll say vacations. I come home for vacation. And then my aunt says, oh, would you like me to have the the brothers visit you at, you know, your school? So, <laughs> Girl. <laughs> so anyway, that was when I sort of became, you know, and um, uh, it was they were all Anglicans. Um, there were a few Catholics who the um, the we called our sister, the nurse in the sanitary, you know, the, in, 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 there were four or five hundred boys there. Though. You had a medical, you know, with a nurse mm-hmm. in it. She was a she was a sweetheart. She loved me. Um, Catholic as the Liffey, or Catholic as the you know, for the Vatican. Charming woman. She grabbed it three or four Catholics because there, there really weren't that many Catholics in the, in the UK. And even less Jewish people, um, but anyway, uh, much the Anglican and uh, Anglican in turn, it was a much kinder, gentler version of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And so I was confirmed as a, an Anglican or whatever it was, and that's when I got the idea. Well, like, you know what? I've got all this religious stuff. And I could probably do some good as a priest. So you know what I'm going to do? And I actually got into Kings, which is, you know, the Kings London, which is you know, real, 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 real good. I'm college within the University of London. The University of London's a good place. Mm-hmm. And I went off and got. Um, Bachelor of Divinity, comma, associate of King's College, you know, and doing this whole like soup to nuts religion thing. Well, when I was doing it, I realized that I wasn't cut out to be a priest. I like beer and women, you know, <laughs> beer and bonky. Very good stuff. <laughs> Sex is good. And uh, although I, you know, I can tell you that one thing that I did get taught by all these being dragged around and into the society was I have to this day a pretty high set of morals, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm careful about what I'm saying, I'm lying about treating people fairly and so on and so forth. I broke all the rules because I was—I just got married last May to my um, fiance slash girlfriend, and for the previous eleven years we were shacked up for eleven years. So I did all the things that I you know told my children not to do. You know, you have to go to college and you have to have a job, and uh, <laughs> then you get married. Okay, like yeah, well, you know, I've been in college, but you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have a job like doing this. I about did it anyway. So you know, I broke all my own rules, but you know, I sort of moved on from that. So, but I did have you know, I mean, I—I I got stitched up by my uh, first wife, and, you know, ran off and gave me grounds for a scriptural result, uh, a divorce, let me put it that way. And I've been turning this down left, right and centre because I made plenty of money 
and so on and so forth. I was an, an executive for a major brokerage firm. Okay. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, you have plenty of opportunities. Like, no, wife, kid, baby. Mm-hmm. And I never do. And the same thing was, I never divorced her. And like people were saying, like, why didn't you ever divorce her? Like, divorce her. Like, by this time, funny enough, I'd actually become a Catholic. Um, and uh, well, A, I don't believe in divorce, and B, I've got three kids I, uh, I adore. So mm-hmm. I, I'm stuck with this. I just have to put up with it. Okay. And eventually, someone said, why don't you just get an estrangement? Like, gosh, I never thought about that, an estrangement. But anyway, but I mean, so these morals have stuck with me all my life, you know, mm-hmm. constantly, you know, being, living a moral life. Well, you know, yeah, living, well, you know, I mean, not doing what the elders are doing in Pennsylvania and stuff like that, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But um, the other thing that like, really turned me against uh, was say, with AI. I, I went to, uh, uh, and I became, a, I went into the Royal Air Force. I you know, got commissioned into the Royal Air Force, and I did a, you know, a twenty years career there, and uh, it was a, it was good. And um, at one time, I did a tour on the uh, what you guys would call the fatty, the directing staff of the Royal Air Force College, okay, mm. and um, teaching young men and women to be officers, okay, and teaching other classes. And then we have what there's a short course only like you know six or eight weeks for professional qualified people like dentists doctors certain highly qualified nurses mm-hmm. and priests and padres okay so i get stuck with teaching this course you know one time i've been out the room uh whatever they put me up there doing this and i and i had these um catholic priests and an anglican priest and i said and they were just like gobsmacked you know, you've got a degree in theology yep they thought thought it was fascinating Uh, so anyway like what i said to them was well i decided that rather than saving souls i'd be better suited to dispatching them one of the other things that pushed me out was okay and this is like you know we can be serious for a minute you name any sort of abuse that was going around i had it the whole bunk load okay I, i remember one time uh member of the congregation i refuse to use the b word you know punch me in the stomach all right i was um psychologically and emotionally abused and i was the other sort as well by a woman like me <laughs> all right and now mm-hmm. um then i confronted it about it some time later and guess what she did what what they always do deny 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 i denied it freaking did okay so anyway, without moving right along, uh, I'm past it now because I got better once I confronted her about it because, you know, I, I, I used to have nightmares about it. And mm. this was, but the other worst, uh, the worst thing I think about being an ex-witness is until you really get your head around this, I spent years, decades, making sure I kept away because I was worried I'd like do the wrong thing, get loved on and get sucked back in. <laughs> so, um, and it becomes later in the story. So, but anyway, so the, the abuse, and it was, and it was quite obviously. I mean, and I used to, but the point was because this abuse went on, like you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm a cheeky young lad. I just yeah. do things to piss them off, right? No, right? And like, so I'm at the assembly, and you know, assemblies are so tedious. You know, I'm surprised people are hanging themselves from the rafters in the stadium. So I found the did, newspaper. Did you ever go to one of those eight-day conventions that my parents would tell me about? Yes. We flew, oh, no. we flew from England to the International Assembly in New York in 1970, I think, or 1969. Oh, All right. How awful. And we stayed, I stayed at um, a dormitory in uh, New York, uh, University of New York, New York, NYU, New York University. 
okay and i don't remember where it was it wasn't in yankee stadium i don't think but i mean let's face it i was so freaking bored i mean like you know this is this is stultifying yeah stultifying but i was one in england one time and funny enough um i, I was never that keen on football english football, soccer all right but there was um a guy who played for chelsea and chelsea was one of the premier clubs you know in, in the uk i think it still is i don't follow football i much prefer college football all right and there was a guy called Bob, Bobby Tambley. Okay. And he became a Jehovah's Witness. Now he's obviously, again, you know, foot, su- sucker players are, you know, like, you know, I mean, yeah. you can count to six without, you know, or 16 without taking their socks off. You're lucky. You right. Know? I mean, um, but um, it's a celebrity Jehovah's Witness. Oh, got it. Well, anyway, so he was in the play and he was on TV. I remember seeing him on TV saying, oh, no, we have to, we, have, we, just, we got to do something. You know, he's giving it up. So he, I think he might have even given up playing for Chelsea, okay, hmm. um, to go into whatever. Wow. Well, so I'm at this assembly. It wasn't, it wasn't an open air assembly. It was inside. And I, oh, you know, and I, and there's a, I got a newspaper there because I picked up a newspaper and because there was an article on the back about Camden. So I start reading this and some random, you know, guy, you know, like, cause they're all officious, you know, like walks on and taps me on the thing. I said, stop reading that. Listen to the, you know, the presentation. I'm reading about Bobby Tamblin. He's a Jones witness. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you know, and if I'd been a year old, I would have straight up told him to lay off. You know, yeah. I mean, really, but this is, I was about 14 at the time, you know, this is the, the you know, I was coming towards the end of putting up with this. And, but I remember yeah. like, I do things like, um, just to see how quickly I could get a reaction out of something. Okay. So like now I've never chewed my fingers or so my thumb, but I noticed that one of the guys in the hall would actually, when he was thinking, he's like, he'd put his thumbnail on his teeth, on his thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's just a habit he had. All right. And I thought. I wonder how long it will take me to get pecked. And they're like heads. They peck at anything, you know. You put your head, you're going to get pecked like a piece of corn. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting next to one cloth. And I thought, three, two, one. And I just put this, rested my thumbnail against my teeth. I didn't suck in my lips. And he went, mm-hmm. oh, you want a dummy? You want to suck that? Like, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Less than two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> Goodness gracious me! Oh. I mean, uh, anyway, I've got a couple of notes here. Like, okay, yeah, I remember. I just uh, know another one. You know, come waking up early. Uh, shortly after this thing about how come they know about it, we don't. Yeah, how come they know about it, but we don't. All right. Mm-hmm. I said, um, so this everything because I was learning about history in school. This whole Bible and Moses and stuff like that. Uh, that was the Bronze Age, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Hmm. Um, why do we care about what a bunch of guys who lived in hearts and lived in the Bronze Age have to say today? We've got nuclear bombs and people are going up into space. And that's what I asked. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's Bronze Age. I'm reading yeah. about it. I'm reading about it in school and they were not that advanced. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like, well, what we have to look at is you know, we see what they did in certain situations. This is the stock answer. And then we know we can live our lives accordingly. And I said, they didn't have nuclear bombs. I mean, you, you, you're regulating your life. I mean, you know, now, and now I've studied way more of it. You know, like you're talking about a bunch of illiterate desert herdsmen who once a year send a goat to starve to death in the wilderness so their sins would go with it. 
that's where the term scapegoats come. That's a Hebrew thing, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean, so you know. Yeah. But that was another one thing. So anyway, we move on. I went to university. I was commissioned in the Royal Air Force. I got married relatively young. I think I was 22 or 23 when I got married because I had lived a lot of my life time in um, uh, you know, boarding school, university, living in the dorms because my parents were never in the country. So I would have. Uh, you know, maybe come home to Michigan for a, you know, one holiday year, maybe at Easter if we could get on a Space A flight, and, you know, fly United States Air Force jet to Dover, Delaware. Mm-hmm. My dad would come and get me. And then, um, and then I'm, uh, you know, living in the mess. Well, that's what we call the, you know, like, you know, uh, single officer's quarter in, in, in Royal Air Force call it a mess. Okay. And I just wanted someone to look after me and cook me a meal and, and be loved. And I'd always wanted to get married at a very old age. Right? Just the whole idea of marriage and kids and stuff just appealed to me. So I got married young. Got married, and it was some. Um, it lasted for 31 years, and she turned out to be a borderline personality, unfortunately. But here's the snag. So anyway, we know we moved along, and you're constantly start swiping them off. Okay, um, you have to be careful. We were married about four years before um, we had a child. So, but anyway, and eventually I had three children in my first wife, and uh, I was very careful that I would never force religion on them. They had enough religion to know, you know, what went on. And they may have gone to First Communion or something like that, but nothing serious, you know. There was no, you know, like, weekly Bible. So I, 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 I still won't say grace at table like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Get it, not going to happen, all right. And even even when I was a practicing Christian. Okay, so I was very careful of that. Well, I would walk into the room if my mother was visiting. And, you know, we were, Air Force Base is always in the middle of nowhere. It's always a hike from where she lived in suburban London. And you'd be stuffing a watchtower underneath the freaking cushions on the sofa. And she'd been told specifically, you are not to try and convert any of the children or drop the J word about them. Not happening. No <laughs> word. Okay? When it was, you know, I mean, basically, we could, we could not leave her alone with them. Yeah. It was, it was too dangerous. Okay, and I met my oldest, my oldest son, who's in his 40s now, when he was over, he had this um, little friend when he, we'd come out here in the summer and um, they'd go off and play together and she has this aunt who's like, you know, rich as, you know, rich as Croesus or something like that. So anyway, and they'd go off and play together. Well, one day her mother had to go off somewhere so she leaves her with my mother, auntie, sort of idea. She takes her to the damn church for the Sunday afternoon or Thursday evening, you know, talk, all right? And she comes home and says to her mother, I saw her the other day and I hadn't seen her for 30 years. And she said, oh my goodness, it was so funny. I came home and said to my mother, oh my God, we're all going to die. We're going to get burned in Armageddon. And we're all like, because my mother had dragged her off this meeting completely without her mother's, you know, permission and given her a nice dose of, uh, you know, indoctrination and uh, not hellfire, but, you know, basically we're all going to die. I'm not yeah. sure what the difference between hellfire and being hit by one of Tony Morris's fireballs is. I imagine the end result is pretty much the same. <laughs> right i mean it's it's funny that they're all like oh we don't believe in hellfire but like what they believe in is it's still pretty bad i mean it's it's oh. still it still has that punishment dynamic it's it's more a stick than carrot for sure well this is the other thing that i came to just before i um a couple of years before i i legged it okay I, I, or you know decided to totally get lost okay mm-hmm. you do yourself a venn diagram or not a venn diagram a flow a flow chart because my grandmother and all the people in the congregation always used to say, if I'm good enough, or if whatever it is, you know, you you have to basically have done, you know, not if I'm spared, like the um, uh, Scottish Presbyterians say, but you know, like mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, you have, you have to qualify, you have to be good enough. So I'm sitting yeah. there, I'm sitting there and think, so they don't believe in hell. So if they're right, 
and they don't believe in hell, okay, I'm good. If, uh, and I leave, there's no hell, I'm good, okay? You work and you uh, and, and you miss a meeting, you're out. You know, you miss a meeting the day before I'm again, bam, yeah. fireball, okay? All right, but if you never go to a meeting, bam, fireball, okay? And there's no hell. So what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds that I'm going to be a good enough freaking numpsy, okay, in order yeah. to pass the test? The answer right. is zero. So you may as well not bother, and especially if there's no help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but it's, in, you know, you've got to think, think, think about it. It's a bit like, um, you know what Pascal's wager is? Oh, yeah. Well, my, my one's the reverse of it. Yeah. It's a reverse, inverse Pascal's wager. Yeah, you see what I mean. Well, the, I mean the flaw is it's a, it's a false dichotomy. Well, so here's the thing: it presents two choices, but there are more than two choices. Well, of course that's right. You know, it's, it, you're either or, you're either or fallacy. Right. Okay, and here's the other thing about Pascal's wager. Like, uh, Pascal's wager is, well, if there isn't a god, I'm okay. But if there is a god, and I say there isn't one, um, I, I've lost. So I should really say there is one and go to church. Like I don't think you understand this. God can read everybody's heart. He's going to freaking know you're faking it. So you may, yeah. as, well, you may as well waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah. Pa- Pascal, I'm, I'm, I'm Blaise Pascal was supposed to be a very smart guy. He could not see the hole in his own argument. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. He was like, um, so, uh, yeah. So, and then time goes on and like, um, when my father died, and she wasn't inside, you know, going to um, his congregation of the church running. They, I knew what would happen, and they moved in on her like a sword of, of locusts, okay, and they love bombed, and she became, you know, a fully paid And she, she, the word I use is Brian is rabid. She was a rabid Jehovah's Witness, and I am not making this up. Hmm. I mean, uh, uh, just out of control. Um, and like, for instance, there's a lot of um, my father traveled the world and her, they traveled the world ex- extensively. And there's African art and there's art from India, like little. And we had a couple of, and these were nice, they were jade or something in the basement because it's African and Indian, like pieces of artwork. Like and there was one of those Indian dogs, you know, Ganesh, is it? Or whatever his name, the guy with the, the elephant's head, the god of happiness and joy. And yeah. there was another one down there. Well, a couple of years after, and there were flags, my father was you know, a 30-some-year veteran of the United States Army. It's a freaking general, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? The flags were taken down. because they, And they were from, you know, places in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then these, one day, I, or one, I noticed these freaking, um, because they might be demon-possessed, they're, you know, um, right? they're on the back support, the back steps, going, get, get, getting ruined. <laughs> I don't think you see the fallacy in this. If there's only one true God, then that's just a piece of stuff. But you know they're obsessed with this. Don't buy anything from a yard sale because it might be demon possessed. <laughs> I mean, there's that wonderful story about the guy in Bethel had some video game or something in the bottom of his locker, and it, it was it was a t- you know uh, 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 somebody was claiming it was attacking the cleaning ladies. Yes. Uh, all right. <laughs> so um, uh, you know uh, uh, it becomes a possessed. Like, for instance, so my father's a veteran. You know, on Memorial Day we had a parade, and then. The local VFW or VFW auxiliary go around and they put a sticker that says what war you're in, you know, 3945, Vietnam, Korea, whatever, mm-hmm. and a flag. She would go around and take them out off this guy's 
Right. Off other people's grave or just no, her? Off your father's your father's grave. She would t- have the temerity to take it off. Right? Like, you're insulting me. You're insulting his memory. I mean, and, yeah. she, and, and she said to me one point, like, oh, Daddy would read the Bible with me. Like, no, he wouldn't. The only reason he would have ever read the Bible with you was when he was so old and infirm he couldn't escape because he was set in strut. No. Not believing it. Like, you know, he, my grandmother at one point said, how can an educated man not believe in the Bible? I think I might have said that already. Like, because he's educated. That's why. <laughs> so she becomes Jehovah's Witness. Okay, and I'm a serving officer. My father was a very senior officer. And then suddenly she becomes like, now this woman, okay, this is how I affect, they affect your mind. This is what I Okay, this woman was um, lived through the Blitz, you know, World War II, hordes of German bombers mm-hmm. dropping stuff on her, okay, uh, mm-hmm. dropping uh, ordnance, okay, and she missed a lot of her education. She told me the stories, and I met her schoolmistress, okay, she would be cuddled up to this schoolmistress in a bunker while German bombs fell, fell, okay. So you think that she might realize that there was something not right here, you know, that Hitler may not have been already paid up, okay. Oh, no, and I said to her, you know, I was trying to explain to her the fact, you know, defense is a necessary social service. In fact, it's the first social service. Mm-hmm. Because if you aren't secure in your home, then nothing else is going on. You know, if you think the Russians or the Chinese or even the Mexicans and Canadians are going to show up and you have no stability, you know, you know, and I'm not I'm not a you know jingoistic or I'm not a you know a rabid militarist. I'm just saying that defense is necessary. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that, that's what stops saying, you know. I mean you know, look at what's going on. Ukraine's a great example. I mean, they, you know, if they could have got away with it, they would. So, unfortunately, they have these defense forces. Um, but, you know, mm. so and she started saying to me, oh, no, we don't know what started World War II. Uh, World War II. You know, they did something and they, we did something. I know that we're well, like, uh, no, mom, I, you were there. You were around. They invaded Poland after promising they wouldn't, you know. Yeah. And then they started killing Jews. I mean, you know. Now they'll talk a lot about how many Jews were put in concentration camps, and they make a big fuss about all that. Okay, mm-hmm. pales into insignificance, you know, to the um, right. uh, thing about uh, that. So anyway, so and then at one point, you know, it became more and more entrenched and indoctrinated. She was a member of the um, guard club. She was a member of the. Um, on the board of the local um, arts community. There were several things that she did. So she was involved in the local community. One by one by one. The only thing she was allowed to do was there. And they actually, basically, you know, they, you know, I think I saw that she was still sending subscriptions, but she was no longer allowed to participate. You know, and it, it took over her, over her life. And at one point, and she was over, and she was, you, you weren't like, she, uh, she was very dogmatic. You weren't allowed to agree with her. And if I disagreed with her, she, she basically pushed it back on me and said, I'm not allowed to have an opinion. Uh, well, so apparently that cuts two ways because if I say, you know, not you, you're used to being in an environment where everybody agrees, you know, oh, wasn't that a great meeting? Oh, it was a great meeting. It was a great meeting. Like, it's the same as the last eight thousand. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, you remember? Do, remember when they voted? When they would vote on things in the meetings? Oh yes. And every about, like, the nobody ever voted no on anything. Of course not. It's just, it's just like a, you know. Yeah. But I remember the one I do remember was. I guess the circuit servant was there, or whatever they called me, the CO. And you know, they said, "Oh, sir, you know, brother Dudar has got um, you know, needs new tires for his car, and we really like, like, you know, like to pay for it." Okay, like, hey, would, would we like to agree with that? Every freaking hell, like, nobody's going to say no, right? I mean, you know, right? And of course, and, then, and let's face it, the circuit servants were cleaning out with this green handshake routine. <laughs> you know, I mean, they basically when you know a bit like you know, they, 
you know, when people see them, they're grateful. They, they drop, you know, run wide around and give them, you know, nowadays oh. it'd be a hundred dollars on the way out or whatever, you know, but they were not, they were not hurting. And I think they're actually paid a better stipend by the society yeah. than their cars paid for. But anyway, yeah, it so always it always ticked me off because they would always give talks about, well, you shouldn't have a full time job and you shouldn't be career focused. And I'm like, that's real easy for somebody who has their car paid for, who has their car insurance paid for, who has their room and board covered. You know, you should be thanking me for having a full time job. I'm the one that's paying absolutely. for your lifestyle. Well, um, talk about biting the so, hand that yeah. feeds you. So if I, you know, and we, she, we had a minor disagreement on theology, and I basically just said, like, you know, that's not right, or whatever. I like, it may have been when I said, I pointed out that there's actually no evidence for there ever being a King David. And <laughs> as much of the Jews as fight, there isn't any. Okay, and the other thing is, you know, after the Six Day War, the Jews had 40 years to go through uh, the Sinai Desert and uh, look for evidence of the Exodus. Guess what? And they had their best men on it. Mm-hmm. It's the state of Israel. Put a shitload of money into it. Nada. Nothing. And like, and two and a half million people can't wander around this desert for years right. without leaving some goat droppings or some, you know, right. trash piles or something like that. They, it's impossible to find. So anyway, so she called me an apostle and then she actually, she laid into me and she actually reduced me to tears. And my first wife, the only thing is that she said, get out. And, she, and you know, we're 140, 150 miles. From you know, you know, because I was in the Air Force base and she was visiting to see. She might have been there for the birth of one of my children. My wife was so angry with her, you know, because she'd like laid into me and give me a line. And she actually, you know, because I'm, you know, she's a mother, and so you don't want to be too, you can't be too hard on her. Like she actually reduced me to tears. My own wife said, "Out! You're not going to come in here and treat him like this. You will not do it. Leave, leave now." And then, funny enough, she didn't call that time because we're in that conference. This has been about 1985 or six. What would happen is every weekend I would come up here uh, from, I lived in Lansing or around, uh, or, or, or Bloomfield Hills, and I'd come up, you know, regularly to see her. Okay. And by this time I'm in council, right? Because <laughs> of my ex-wife and, and, and some of these things. And, um, sure. And it would always end badly. Okay. And I'd, every time I'd come here, like, you know, fix some stuff for her, you know, run errands for her, take her on, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, like one time you know, I had a brand new Corvette. Uh, do you want to take it? The, you want to take it to the hall? Oh yeah, you know, and they um, and of course, you know, somebody you know turns up with a brand new Corvette at the church. Like, who's this? That you know, um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and she, you know, she was chuffed a little nimbles that it was um, you know, uh, who's that? My no, right. So then, come some of the kids came round and I was like, drooling out, like, want to take it out? Let's take it out. Sure, take it out. There you go. <laughs> get into any trouble. I mean, and I was always always tried very hard to be, you know, gracious and understanding with them because I have to tell you that I mean the people the people I have it in for are the Watchtower Bible and Track Society. I don't trouble James with this apart from the fact that you thought about this better, you know, but they're victims as well. They are victims. Mm-hmm. You know, and they are also someone in my age, okay, is trapped. Because if you leave and your kids stay in, your entire social structure has gone up in smoke. Yeah. You know? Uh whatever. You know, if you've been pine you know, one of her friends who is in her seventies I used to, she, she was the one who told me it was worldly knowledge when I was explaining to her what the 666 means. <laughs> um, it was worldly knowledge when it suits them. Like, and she, my mother would go on about, she hasn't got any health insurance. Like, that's a choice. She hasn't got any health insurance because she chooses not to have a job that gives her health insurance. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's it. Right? She could have chosen to do whatever. But anyway, so I would come up here and I, they would always I would end up and then she'd like, 
and I said, "Mom, I gotta go. I gotta leave." All right, and I drive back home. Then you know, she upset me. You know, try not to be too. And then I get a phone call halfway home. And I'm like, "Oh, I, I love you so much." And then hang up. Like, love you that much. We do this anyway. So she called me an apostate again. All right. This is after you know my husband, my mom, and I said, and I basically went through a reverse shunt, a full court press reverse shunt. I said, "This is the second time you have called me an apostate. Okay? If you ever do it again, I will never speak to you again." Worked like a charm. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> I was never baptized. I was never. I was just bragged around the place. Okay, but the, but the insidious nature, like you know. Uh, one time, she was visiting the kids. Uh, oh, she had one of the kids who was a senior in high school. But takes his hand and pats him. You know, all, all sort of you know this Uriah Heep sort of oleaginous sort of approach. Oh, you hang in there, darling. We love you. Oh. I mean, he walked away and said, "What the hell was that all about?" <laughs> okay, but, you know, you keep you keep keep, uh, keep going. And she tried love bombing. You know, she tried to get the congregation to love bomb me. Several times when I was up here. When I moved up here, I had another house over there, and I twenty-seven and showed up at my house and unloaded the removal truck in like seven minutes. Okay, oh, and this wow. was coordinated love bombs. And she says, "says um, boy, you wow. to say to me, oh, you know, we're all so loving and this, that, and the other." Like, yeah, I don't care. You know, you're, you're um, because like you know, we were somewhere, and she because I'd come over to England, she'd missed the meeting, and uh, so one of her friends came over. He said. Standard line. Oh, you missed a good meeting last night. What that meant was, where the hell were you? Yeah. All right. So I walked out of the room. I don't need to listen to this. I'm not. I went into the bathroom, and then this um, member of the congregation comes in. Oh, you didn't mean to upset you. Weren't upset to me. I just don't want to listen to it. You know this <laughs> constant badgering. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. And so when she, um, um, there were a couple of things came up when when she passed away. And I had warned them. They were talking about her service, and I said, "You can do what you bloody well like," because I am not going there. I am never. Ever, ever, going to Joe in, in, in a kingdom hall? And they're like, I've got six faces around me looking like, what the hell? You cannot be serious. And I said, okay, let me turn this around for you. I'm actually supposed to. I'm technically a Catholic. Would my mother come to my funeral mass? And they were like, and somebody was about to say, of course not. I mean, they stopped themselves, but you can see it roll through their heads. Of course she wouldn't come here. Well, okay, well I feel the same way well, about you. Okay, and you know, um, uh, and then uh, when I got. One of my master's degrees, we made sure we didn't invite because every other every kid's graduation college, she got up at the national anthem, walked out in a big half, and then come back later. Well, we'd had enough of it. We stopped inviting her because you know you don't. I mean, you know, it's perfectly acceptable for, for you to sit. You don't have to make this big display. And the other thing is, go and read Romans. Serve God and honor the king. If the army tells you to go where, go walk within one mile, walk within the ten mile. You're just being selectively, um, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it could even get covered with if you believe all this stuff pay Caesar's things to Caesar and look God's giving the gods and I think St Paul is rabid about the subject you know who is why are the God you know the kings and the governments are in power because God says they are so it seems to me we should probably stand for the national anthem you know because that's what St Paul says <laughs> but they don't even you know, Paul you know they pick the bits they want so anyway and that's my wife said to me no when she dies you're going to get a serious love bomb Oh, yeah. So that's when we came up with this strategy. <laughs> okay, I won't talk to them. I told them I will only talk to one person from the congregation. I will not hear from anybody else. <laughs> okay, and I am not going to that. Now I paid for the reception afterwards. <laughs> okay, 
they, unfortunately, it was in a fireman's hall or some village hall, and they did, they were dry. They wouldn't let them have any alcohol, which was hysterical because my mother was a hell of a drinker. And not only was she a hell of a drinker, <laughs> she supplied all the alcohol for the people in her congregation. Because of my father's retired military status, they would go to a nearest military base and they would have so okay. I'm not making I found receipts for $900 worth of alcohol. I'll send you a picture of the basement. Okay. <laughs> we took all the alcohol that was up in the kitchen. It was all around the edges. Oh, man. Okay. This gets better. Okay. But, all right. Sounds like um, Tony Morris. Exactly the same. Okay. <laughs> There's a room in the basement we call the studio that's probably 15 feet square. Okay. It was the first 10 feet from side to side were full of alcohol. Down there. I've got unopened cases of Woodford whiskey down there that I'm never going to drink. I'm, I give it away to friends because I, you know, I don't drink oh, yeah. it's the thing. Okay, here's the point about the hypocrisy and this, that, and the other, and like going on at me. Um, you know, like she, um, one time she was somewhere and she needed a light bulb, and I was in an Air Force house, and the Air Force pays for the light bulbs. You know, they can just go and get something and stuff because it was an Air Force house. She said, "Well, oh no, I couldn't take it. That's an Air Force bulb." I never said bloody sanctimonious. However, okay, she would go if they had a sale to the um, class six or whatever they call it, and they would load up and come back, and then she would sell it or give it to the members of the congregation. That's a federal because it's tax-free state and tax-free federal and so that cost wow. okay all right so wow. in, in, i mean important bodies but you know so you can remonstrate with somebody and funny enough she said she was going for this sale you know they used to have it i don't know about thanksgiving or something like that and i said okay i'll drive me over there but i mean i've just got a little four-door um you know sedan i could take her over there i'll take you on my seat hold don't get plenty of stuff in it so she'll know anyway so and so was taking me. Used the big word. I won't use it. Right. So I called her and she happened to be driving there. And I said, Oh, she's on her way to, tram, to, 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 to the um, you know the base. And I said, He's got a Ford, uh, he's got a Chevrolet Suburban, hasn't he? And he went, oh, uh, no. Well, guess how much booze you can get in the back of a Chevrolet Suburban? With only two people in it. <laughs> yeah, a lot. A lot. A lot. Okay, well, I mean, I found thousands of dollars worth of them. Um, uh, 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 okay. But the point is, and, and you, I don't know, how long have you been free from them? Uh, I left in 2008. So okay, I, so you've been out a decent while then. Good. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, did you not notice the amount of drinking that goes on? Oh, yes, I did. Oh, good. And I remember, because you could get dis, you could technically get disfellowship for getting drunk. Mm-hmm. But so nobody I knew ever got drunk. They got really buzzed yeah, very happy yes I mean, you know <laughs> all so kinds anyway, of euphemism guess, for it yeah euphemism and you know i mean yeah so but what i'm talking about is like funny enough there's a former circuit overseer lives around here and he was a contractor okay but he was a circuit overseer and he and his wife rented a house in the neighborhood that i bought my house in before okay and she suddenly took off and went off to Audis with her boys okay and she was gone, and then suddenly he's disfellowshipped. Right, where did he get disfellowshipped? Oh, you don't know, that's between him and Jehovah. Like, something you mean, Jehovah. There's a bunch of guys in the room telling you to do the shit. You know, I mean, this is a, the ultimate BS. You can get bound something, you know, uh, um, uh, you know for, for all sorts of things. Smoke a cigarette, celebrate Christmas, or whatever. Yep. So I don't know what it was. And, and frankly, it's none of my business. I nod to him, but I'm suspicious of him because if he was a circuit overseer, then he's going to know all about this child's section. And I may not be able to stop myself saying, "What the fuck do you know about this?" Spill <laughs> the beans. Yeah. All right. Because yeah. we live in a rural place up here, 
Okay. Right. This is very rural, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. I would not mind betting there's more than enough, you know, to, you know, be reported. And I'm happy that they appear to be slamming down on Pennsylvania. And I've communicated with my, with our congressman saying, you know, we need that sort of thing going on here because this is just not acceptable. Right. One of the reasons I don't go to Catholic church anymore. I get I'm a Catholic because I was in money. I moved away from Christianity. Once I had all this stuff, I'm done with that. Don't need this. You know, and of course, then they were so sanctimonious about it. So anyway, we resisted. Like I said, when she died, we we dodged the bullet. And it was my wife's strategy that, you know, like, and I I came up with a strategy like, I'm not talking to anybody. You better not call me. You know, I will talk to one guy out of this. I'm not going to the funeral or memorial service, whatever they call it. Okay. And I paid for the, um, uh, I'm sorry, recapping. I paid for, you know, uh, I laid on a, a reception or a wake afterwards. Yeah. And the funny thing is, of course, it was this place that was dry. And my mother was the major supplier of alcohol. And she, you know, she was buzzed every evening. I mean, you know, so, uh, <laughs> in fact, one, I'm kind of miffed because I was looking for my father's medals at one point about something. And it turned yeah. out she gave them to someone when she was drunk that night. Oh, no. Uh, That's yeah. horrible. Isn't it? But, um, you know. Oh. And then, uh, and, 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 and that she would, uh, she took off of me something about something I'd spent some money. Yeah, you know, but the point is, you know, this is just this inbuilt hypocrisy, you know, mm-hmm. and this false love. And so, fortunately, I had my wife, you know, my fiance at the time, to defend me and say, like, yeah, watch out, you know, watch out for this. And we don't actually had a strategy. And then they started afterwards. And I showed up, and I'm saying this though, that I was by the time I was spent probably 20 or 30 years worried about being sucked back in. And then I got to the end of that. But then you still have to like find a slot in the way. So we uh, move into this house. And suddenly I get a letter from, you know, and they know who I am. <laughs> All right. And finally, yeah. my, we were living in my, my wife's house because we met because we had houses next door to each other. That's how sure. we met. And then we rented out my house and we were living in her house. And I get one on the rear of the door. And just after, immediately after my mother died, and I said, you know what? I put up with you 60 years. Don't ever come here again. And that was her address. Okay. So I come up here and I suddenly get a letter. And I know this woman knows who I am because my mother spent three weeks with her after she came out of hospital when she had surgery. Mm-hmm. And then, so I let it pass. And then she started sending letters to my wife. And I don't know how she got her name because the house is in my name. Unless she get them off the electricity bill or something like that. You know, I have yeah. no idea how she, or the electoral roll is probably where she got it. But here's the point. So at that point, I'm done with this. You know, I can back this and not. So I called and said, you know, and I, charming, like, how are you? I'd given her my mother's cell phone when she died. I gave her the cell phone I bought for my mother to this woman. I gave another mm-hmm. one of uh, my mother's iPad that I bought. You know, I don't need it. You need it. You know, none of you make any money. You can use it. I'm happy mm-hmm. you to have it. You know, it's going to a good home. Whatever. Like, you know, chat with her. How are you? How's the dog this hour? You know, I really want to be left alone. I do not want any letters. I don't want to be in the print. I don't want anybody to call at the door. I just need to be left alone. I'm polite. I've always been civil with you. No, I don't know what anybody's saying. She mm-hmm. said, oh, I didn't realize it was <laughs> Don't tell me you don't know what the address this house is. You were down each one, around here three times a week. <laughs> I mean, so anyway, you know, they'll, they'll never give up. So anyway, the point was that um, I said, no, I don't want to hear it. And she don't want to put you on the do not call list. What a tremendous idea. Thank you so much, sister. I used the yes word on that one. <laughs> <laughs> For somebody who's just left or is thinking of leaving, do you have any advice for them? Yes, I do. Okay. It's unfortunately, here's the thing. 
Okay, and here's my biggest piece of advice, and this is, you may think it's stupid, but it's not, okay? The first thing you should do is drop the vocabulary, okay? Because as long as you're saying the truth, and circuit overseer, and meeting, and Bible study, you're allowing them inside your head. It's not the truth, okay? He's a regional sales manager, it's a church, <laughs> Mm-hmm. and it's an indoctrination session that is what they are okay if you keep saying that you know and you know and if you're leaving okay you say well you know like I, I, any number of them i've spoken to and i don't i'm not a, i'm not a crusading um anti-jehovah's witness or a crusading atheist although i am now an atheist okay mm-hmm. they'll say to you when you discuss it with them oh there's more truth in this than anywhere else like could you say that again? Okay. What didn't come in 1914? What didn't end in 1990? What didn't end in 1925? The world didn't end in 1940. The world did not end in 1975. Okay. And then there's a whole bunch more predictions. You know, like I could right. find you a watchtower that says Adam wrote the wrote Genesis. Adam. <laughs> okay. And you're telling me this is true. Oh, well, it's infallible. Right. Not. No, they're not. They might be directed by infallible men, but they say. God's spirit directing and, and at one point they did say that you know they basically put set themselves up as infallible at the Pope but it, they'll cycle it. it depends what thing you read to that's why you can't see anything on Watchtower Library before 2000 okay now I had bound Watchtower she had a library okay you know what yeah. a 10 cubic yard skip, uh, dumpster looks like mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. I filled one to 50% with Watchtower literature now wow. again I was reasonable I said, um, do you want them? Oh no, we don't want them because I know they don't want them because they can revise my line. So here's the next thing if you want to get away from it. Burn, trash, shred, throw away every piece of watchtower literature because it is poison. And you unless you until you become aware of it, because you're so used to it, you are not accustomed to seeing the fallacies and the misdirection, okay? Like for instance, let me just say this, okay? Is Jehovah, are Jehovah's Witnesses a cult? Well, many people see a cult as this, like so it starts off with many people say, so you've got a deflection. Mm-hmm. Now, well, let's look at the definition of a word cult, right? No, and dictionary definition, no help. Dictionary definition is to tell you how to spell something, give you a basic, okay? Mm-hmm. So, ditch the literature. Because I, I was, there was somebody posted on Reddit the other day and I nearly died laughing. Oh, don't you think the Watchtower public editions are, you know, are a good source of spiritual food? I, and I've left, but I'd like my boyfriend to read them. Like, are you an idiot? I, I mean, I, I, I didn't say that. Okay. But I mean, because if you, once you look into it, like for instance, they are very, very good and there have been lawsuits about it or people have told them that they'll quote something and then they'll miss the last sentence of, so as to completely change the meaning right. of what he said. And that was one of the things that I noticed before I left that made me leave because there was the famous, something that said... The famous said, ellipsis. Yeah, the ellipsis as well. Well, yes. what happened was it said it was something about, I don't know, birds in the Congo attacking people. It said the Bible. So, I mean, this was it. And I thought, well, that seems odd. And it was in, the, in an awake probably because they were always the sort of job, you know, lighthearted stuff. Mm-hmm. But I went and read this article and it was like, they were attacking wildebeest or something. It was nothing to do with attacking people. It was, you know, I mean, right. it was a, 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 and you're right. There's a guy, the um, quote in the, um, I don't know, 
whatever um, the, whatever the current evolution book is okay all right mm-hmm. as a guy who's actually made them change it because they misquoted what he said completely about how this has changed our view on how dinosaurs are and, and it's Oh, it's sure. one of these things about like you know if you look at the Pleistocene period you look at this that and the other and they might have taken a bit longer to do that they complete so my point so don't use their language destroy their books and never read them again because you cannot cure yourself of indoctrination if you keep drinking the poison and that's what it is it is poisonous I mean you know and I if you I mean I, I'd be happy to help people I'm serious I would be happy to counsel people all right i was a i was a i was an air force officer i used to look after enlisted men and counsel them about various things i've taught at two universities i am like leaving i mean i can't take a rush but there's people in michigan who want some help you think of, you know good cases i'd be mm-hmm. happy to talk to them. and then okay. the other thing is is that okay they're going to shun you well do yourself a favor shun them first okay and the next thing is final thing is you know, if you're going to get in the shunning game, I mean, mm-hmm. I, su- I suggest a soft drop like I did, but I wasn't baptized. You know, just fade if you can. Okay. The final thing is, okay, here's the thing. Would you discuss nuclear physics with a two-year-old? Would you discuss politics? Nope. I don't know, with a Marxist. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, don't discuss religion with the Jehovah's Witness. Okay. Because they're, you know, they're, they're, they're so indoctrinated. There's no point. Okay, whatever you say, they've got an answer, and they have a program to answer. So mm-hmm. I would, you know, I would. I mean, my mother would want to have a conversation. I used to like you know, study theology. I know I can't argue about, about the thing, but the thing is, it doesn't matter what you say. I actually right. um, had a bunch of them at the door. Oh, and I thought this is fun. I haven't spoken for ages. There's like two or three of them at my door, and we had a discussion. And I said, "Well, you don't, you know, that's not right." It says this, and I said, "We well, don't seem to know about." anything much about biblical archaeology wait there a minute so i go to my library i get over a book and i come over with two books and they've gone <laughs> all right <laughs> I, said, I said you know you might find these really interesting because these are accurate representations about you know biblical, and, uh, we wouldn't take those three from you and i said so let me get this right <laughs> you want me to take your literature but i have academic literature that is peer-reviewed and reliable you won't touch it and they jumped in they can't they pissed off okay <laughs> so all right so no literature don't use their language soft but don't let that okay and finally you know never 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 discuss religion with them it's a waste of time okay you may as well go into your yard pick up your child's baseball bat and smack yourself on the head with it <laughs> because you know i mean you know it's going to be like doing that to you okay agree and the other thing is that all right i mean um Despite what you believe, you know I'm the chair. I'm um, I'm involved with a veterans nonprofit. We help people. The world is a kind place. The world is not full of you know adult drug addicts. In, you know, and if you listen to any of the podcasters, I won't mention some of you know any of the competitors there. You listen to you listen to people or whatever, um, or you read some of these stories. It's kind of getting out as hard. It is hard because you've been set up for it. Now I was lucky, you know. Because you know my situation was lucky, maybe they're getting out, but I've never been baptized. But the thing is, you can either—it's a bit like be, it is the same as being uh, addicted to some something you know that, you know that is bad for you, be it tobacco. Okay, so I mean tobacco is a good example. If you are um, addicted to tobacco, you're going to give it up. Just do it, freaking God. Just do it. Just do it. Get away from mm-hmm. it. Or if you're um, 
if you are a, have, have a substance abuse problem, okay, if you're going to give it up, it is not a good idea to go and hang out with your buddies who were substance abusers because they are still using. And what you know, oh, we're just happy to have some of this. Yeah. And basically, and all, and all, all the organisation is doing is offering poison. Hmm. So you you have to step away from it. But the real, I mean, the real point is, and the other final thing is, get an education. If you're if you're young enough, I'm bringing you back to my model. Mm-hmm. Well, in four years' time, I'll be 36. How old will be in four years' time anyway? Right. And if you're older, you'll get credit, and you're probably more likely to get money. But I mean, okay, I spent mm, probably um, I think I was in school on and off until I was 45 years old. Hmm. All right. And I'm, I'm, and that's just like, okay. You can tell, like, you know, I'm a bit of an academic. I'm talk, but I just regard education as an end in itself. Okay, it's a defense, and that's why I got the degree in theology. It was a defense against the dark arts, and the dark arts are the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. I am Professor Snape, or whatever his name was, you know, in Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's that's it. 